podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. Hey, Dolphins, this is Michael Fink with the uh, FinFans Podcast. Each week we come to you and bring you our opinions on what's going on within the Dolphins organization. During the season, you'll hear two shows each week where we review and preview each game. We shoot straight from the hip and have fun in doing so. We'd like to thank both the Dolphins Talk Network and the Pigskin Podcast Network for their support. Uh, Make sure to check them out. Please leave us a review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you may listen to your podcasts. Please make sure to follow the show. That way you'll know when a new one comes out. It's truly appreciated. All right, let's uh, kick off today's show. Well, today the Dolphins announced that they have fired Coach Brian Flores. I have mixed emotions about that. I mean, we could look back at his tenure and and certainly point to... uh, a large number of offensive coordinators and the dual coordinators, and uh, he seems to have trouble keeping the offensive staff in place. Uh, he was not able to hire um, the level of assistance you might like to be able to hire, you know. But that's always the case when you, you know, when you hire a first-time coach, unless they're well connected throughout the league, they have trouble filling out a staff, and that was certainly the case with uh, Brian Flores. So now we move forward. Uh, it'll obviously be a new coaching search. If it was me, folks, if it was me, I would have, if I was t- intent on letting Flores go, I would have also let go, go of uh, Chris Greer. I would have hired a general manager, and I would have let him hire the head coach. That's not what happened here. Uh, Greer appears to be very safe. The paper says uh, the Miami Herald, on his decision to retain general manager Chris Greer, Ross said, if you look at our roster, we have a very fine, excellent roster of young players. This was all done in the last three years. We had an old aging roster before that was leading us to nowhere but mediocrity. You look at our roster, you see our cap, we are well suited for the future. Uh, according to multiple reports, friction between Greer and Flores and communication issues with Flores were a driving factor in the Flores dismissal. Obviously, there was a rift in the organization, and we've seen this before. I mean, <laughs> each of the last three coaching staffs have had the exact same problem. So, you know, I mean, you, you have to look at the very top. And, and I like Ross. I think he's well-intentioned. I think, you know, He's a good owner in many ways, but when he is living in New York and and trying to control an organization down here, it's a very difficult thing to do because he's not in there seeing the day-to-day operations. And, uh, you know, you, you wonder what was Greer's role in the communication difficulties? Why are we firing Flores and not Greer? So uh, maybe what I read answers that question. Maybe he just believes that that Greer is doing a fine job. Uh, I could certainly argue that. Um, They've made a lot of personnel mistakes. Now, you know, I don't know ultimately who is responsible for each and every one of those mistakes. Uh, So it's, it's hard for me to say. Uh, but if, if Greer is your GM and, and he is responsible for the draft, you know, a lot of these offensive linemen that uh, can't play have to fall on him to some extent, don't they? Uh, then you've got to take the coaching staff under consideration. Why aren't they developing more of them? So th- these are questions that you have, and, and we're not going to get the answers. It's, it's obviously Flores is the scapegoat. Uh, he is the one to, you know, fall on his sword. And, you know, as, as he said, after, you know, every loss, it, it, I have to coach better. I have to coach better. I have to coach better. Well, you know, uh, starting off one and seven didn't help him. Okay. Uh, had he, you know, went four and three in those seven games, I think we would still have Flores as a head coach right now. Uh, you know, I think rifts can be solved, you know, uh, if you want to solve them, you know, it just takes leadership to get involved and uh, come up with a solution once he understands exactly what the problem is and why the rift is there. 
But uh, obviously that's not going to happen. Ross is not interested in that, or he wouldn't stay in New York. Anyway, uh, th- that's my thoughts on it. You know, we've, we've got to fix this organization, and, and maybe that means bringing in a new coach. But I kind of think, you know, three years from now, we're going to be firing a GM and looking for a coach all over again because uh, these things don't seem to get resolved when you only fire one of the two people. Uh, I think you really do need to start over. And, uh, you know, they've got a nucleus here that they could easily start over with. But, you know, um, we'll just have to see how it works out. we got to trust that Ross knows what he's doing. And, you know, he's done nothing <laughs> in his ownership tenure to, to show us that, that you know, his uh, ability to break down the problem and find a solution, it just has, has not worked. Uh, you know, Philbin uh, had problems with the GM. Uh, Gase had problems with the GM. Flores has problems with the GM. It's a repetitive thing, and it's it's frustrating as a Dolphin fan because, you know, if the team can't get the innards right, how are they ever going to get the product on the field right? And uh, you just have to shake your head and say, you know, here we go again. And that's pretty much what it boils down to, guys. Here we go again. Hopefully they can hire a qualified coach and somebody that can come in here and do as good or better a job than Flores did. But, man, you hate to see them have to start over again, don't you? Well, that's it for today. I'm sure we'll talk more about it on Wednesday uh, when I get together with uh, Daniel Reinhardt. And uh, we'll discuss the team a little bit. And uh, obviously, we'll discuss Flores and uh, uh, the coaching search and whatever else we learn between now and Wednesday. All right, guys. Uh, you know, this this broke while I was editing. Uh, you know, Lewis is uh, traveling. I did get to speak to him. And, you know, he's not happy necessarily about it either. But he sort of expected it, you know. So anyway, um, I kind of thought they'd stick with Flores another year, but uh, obviously I was mistaken. So anyway, all right, that's it. Uh, Thanks for listening, and uh, enjoy the show. Well, Lewis, we're back for another podcast. This time it's Sunday evening, and uh, we just watched the Dolphins beat the Patriots for the second time this season. First time we've done that in a long time. Yeah, sweep-a-roo. Sweep them. Sweep them out the door. Bye-bye. See you next year, Patriots. We stuck it to your asses today. <laughs> that was a lot, a lot of fun. You know, we came out of the gates. We jumped on them early. and <laughs> Yeah, it was 14 nothing before they knew what happened. Yeah. We jumped on them early, and then we held on for dear life, you know? I mean, <laughs> you know. You're watching that fourth quarter. You're like, oh, God, please. Come on. You got to be kidding me. And uh, you know, simultaneously, I'm watching the damn Rams blow the 49er game. And you know the significance behind that. We'll talk about that at the end, that, that whole situation. But um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a fun game. Anytime you beat the Patriots and Belichick as a Dolphin fan, it, you got to love it. You just have to love it. And, um, you know, the Patriots wanted that game. There's no question about it. Um, you know, I don't know if they were scoreboard watching, but the Jets were giving Buffalo hell for a while in that game, yeah. you know? And yeah. it would have been funny for both of them to lose on a in week. In the end, they I don't think it win. really hurt them, but that's beside the point. No, it didn't. It didn't. But, you know, as, as, as both games were progressing, you know, if they were watching the Buffalo Jets score, I mean, it was 13-10 at one point going into the fourth quarter, I believe. Right. So, right. you know, they're looking up at their scoreboard against us and they're involved in our game and they're losing and they're looking at their, at the, at the you know, the Jet-Bill game and they're thinking to themselves, are, are, are we screwing up down here or what? Because we, we may have had an opportunity to win the division, but the Bills prevailed. It didn't really make much a difference. I don't know you know, what the situation is in regard to where they're going to be seated now and who they're going to be playing. But let's just hope that this loss hurts them, you know, and they have to go somewhere that they didn't want to. And, um, and they wind up getting knocked out next week because I don't want to see them succeed in any way, shape or form. I can second that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So fun game getting back to the game. Um, 
What'd you think of that first drive, Mike? Well, it was typical, wasn't it? <laughs> typical in the sense? In the sense that we've done that an awful lot this year. We've come out of the locker room and uh, drove down the field and scored a touchdown. It looked fairly easy. And uh, then all of a sudden it got a little tougher. We didn't work up a sweat on that drive. It didn't no. seem that way, right? No, not at all. I mean, you know, it, the RPOs worked to perfection on that drive, you know. Short, precise, first down. First Everything down. was accurate. Everything was on the money. First down. Where the receivers were catching the ball. <laughs> yeah. You I know, mean, exactly what you want to happen happened. You know, it, it, it's funny because, you know, you look at these drives, you know, when they come out and they seem very scripted and they, you know, it seems like they... They work on this opening drive in practice. They must because they, they, they executed perfectly. And they've done this before, you know, like you mentioned. I mean, we've seen this, we've seen this story, right? We've seen this movie before. So, right. you know, they come out and they're very short passes. You know, they come out to throw a pass to Waddle for nine. Then they come back to Waddle four yards. Then Duke Johnson runs four yards. Another five-yard pass. You know, this type of thing. I think the biggest play on the drive was a pass to Kaseki for 13 yards. That was the long play on the drive, Mike. Yeah. Um, 13 yards. So it's precise. It's short passes. In the end, you know, Waddle catches the touchdown pass. That was great to see. Uh, made an excellent catch. You know, the ball was high. And he, got, he went up, got it, got two feet inbounds, was yeah. wide open. And it's, and it's an easy score. And... You know, as the game progresses, well, let's go to their first drive, you know, in the X-Man play. And this is, this is, I mean, this is why we talk about X-Man and the importance of him being on this football team. Uh, you know, th that's a game changer right there, Mike. You know I mean? Without that play, you know, we, we probably wind up losing when it's well, I'll all I'll tell you right now, if we let him go, Bill Belichick's going to sign him. Somebody's going to sign because him. Because he, he literally almost single-handedly beat them twice. Yeah. Agreed. I mean, you know, that, that's such a big play. Came off of his guy and, you know, just jumped on the other receiver. And that's what he does. You know, he, he's our lone guy, Mike. That I mean, He's our pro bowler, our lone pro bowler, and rightfully so, because this is the type of thing that he does. And, um, you know, I think sometimes he gets taken for granted. Well, you know, you talk about football instincts, and some players have it and some players don't. And he right. does. You see it. You see it time and again. He just has great football instincts. He does. At just an outstanding, outstanding football player. And he just consistently, consistently comes up with big plays for us over the course of the season. You got to love him. You got to have him on this football team. When he's gone, it, it'll leave just such a big, big hole. I mean, he does get burnt from time to time. Today, he got burnt a couple of times down the field. But what he brings back to you is exactly what he did today. He gives you a 14-point lead. Um, in a game that you knew in the end was going to probably be pretty tight because Lord knows we never blow anybody out, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's correct, at least in this year. At least this season, right? It seems like, Mike, this type of thing's been going on forever with our organization, though. It, does, it, we, it never comes easy for us regardless. So, Well, you know, this, this has almost been a script. You know, we come out, we score relatively easy, and then we get a um, – defense or special team score then we hang on for dear life mm -hmm. yep exactly i mean we came out you know we wound up going up 17 nothing and the defense yep. is playing well uh wilkins you know we'll talk about some of the play players as we go along i mean wilkins just another outstanding game today i mean God, going forward, you know, you, you talk about positives coming out of this season and you know we we can touch on this at the end as well um you know, he's a positive that came out of this year. I mean, a big positive. Yeah, um, he's grown a lot since uh, his rookie season. He has. He's grown a lot. Um, he's become an extremely good football player, someone that I think is somewhat worthy of, of Pro Bowl, you know, and, um, you know, I felt that he was one of the better defensive tackles in the AFC. And I think um, so, and I think quarterbacks are starting to feel him. Yeah, 
And he does a great job against the run for the most part as well, or he has been. So, you know, uh, can't say enough about him. But, you know, we got out, we got off to that 17 nothing lead. And then, you know, we kind of just faded a little bit. You know, we, 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 we tend, Mike, as to, you know, the team as a whole. Um, you know, it starts with Flores, it starts with the coordinators, and then it trickles down to Tua and, you know, him running the offense and whatnot. And we tend to just get a little too passive. You know, we don't, we, we just don't go out and, and stick the pedal to the metal. I mean, yeah, you don't go for the jugular. You got to, I mean, you know, before the half, you know, you you got to come away with some points there. You know, New, Eng- New England had crept back in at 17-7. You know that they're getting the ball to start the second half, right? Your defense just made a nice stop. You get the ball back. You're around the 50-yard line. And you kind of just, you know, you, you take the sack and the clock runs out and, and you call it a day. I mean, give give your kicker an opportunity there. To, to come away with at least attempting a field goal. Get rid well, of the We ball. talk about, you know, leaving points on the field, and that's a perfect yeah. example of them leaving three points on the field. Right. You, you had an opportunity there, and you kind of just, you know, whisked it away. And, um, you know, thank God the defense came out, you know. in the th- You saw Jacoby Brissett talking to him on the way off the field. Right. And I, I'm sure that that's what they were talking about, you know. Yes. Yep. So they got back into the game. It's 17-10, and then we just put a phenomenal drive together. I think we passed the ball once on the whole drive, and uh, we just ran, ran, ran. And it was just unbelievable because we were just playing New England Patriot football as, you know, them this season, where they like to just get physical. Mm-hmm. And the offensive line was moving people our around. Our offensive line. Our offensive mm-hmm. line. And the running backs, you know, Duke Johnson, Lindsey had some nice runs inside. Duke Johnson went for over 100 yards again today. And the drive just consisted of basically one run after another, Mike, and it resulted in a touchdown. And I felt that that was the biggest drive of the game for us. And it, it was interesting because um, – you know, I talked to my son a little bit. He's out in California, you know, and me and you talked during the course of the game as well on the phone. And, um, you know, he brought up an interesting point to me. He said, this is what we probably should have done last week. We should have maybe stuck with the run a little bit more instead of having two have pass the ball 40 times. And, and he's probably right because... Well, knowing the results, I would say the same thing. We were still, yeah, but we were still, the point is, is, you know, last week we were still in that game. It wasn't like we were down by three or four touchdowns and were absolutely forced to pass the football. We had opportunities and we were running, we were running the football pretty well. We just completely abandoned it. And this week, you know, as the game got a little bit tighter, it's interesting because they went away from that. Um, They basically just ran the ball the whole drive. And that, I think, was the biggest drive of the game. And I think that that was, you know, uh, uh, basically... Well, it was raining a little bit. Maybe that maybe that snuck into their head. Maybe, but just the same. You know, they, they were able to, to run the football, and they were successful in doing so. And they got up again. You know, New England made some efforts late to make it close. But, uh, you know, in the end, Tua had a couple of big runs out of the pocket on broken plays. You know, we talk about this all the time, Mike, that, you know, that when things break down, He's your, gotta qu- create. your quarterback has to create. And he did on two different occasions today. Uh, both times they were very, very big runs for us, uh, especially late in the game. The one late in the game was absolutely crucial. Mm-hmm. It was great to see him cut back into the middle of the field. I think he surprised the defensive back because, yeah, you know, he yeah, kind of yeah. tends to slide a lot. You know, he did truck the one guy earlier in the season, but most of the time he'll slide down. And I think that the de- he caught the defensive back sleeping a little bit. A little bit. Because he cut back inside and went for like seven, eight more yards, which was absolutely crucial at that time in the game, at that point in the game. Uh, they they punted the ball back to New England and they had next to no time. And then Wilkins, of course, made you know the 
made the great play at the end of the game to to give us a, a bigger lead and uh, bye bye Patriots. So it was a fun game. It was fun to watch. I wish we had more of those type of games, you know, over the course of this season. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> we gave up 379 yards, so. The defense didn't play as well as they have been playing. They gave up some chunk plays here and there that, that sort of added up and, and got New England back in the game. They did late. Yep, mm-hmm. late. They sure did. Fourth quarter, they put 14 points up. And um, Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you know, that's exactly what you don't want to see, especially with our offense that has trouble sustaining drives. Yeah, I mean, you know, it was interesting because, you know, they kept allowing – completions down the field. I mean, you're up by a nice margin and you're still allowing guys to get behind you, especially Mm -hmm. the tight end, you know, on that very first drive where New England went down and scored. I mean, Hunter Henry cannot get behind you for 40 yards. You don't want any chunk plays. You keep everything in front of you and you make them work for everything. It's very time consuming. And, you know, you basically take them out of the game. No, we allowed them to get back into it extremely quick on both of those touchdown drives in the fourth quarter to the point where, you know, you were getting a little bit nervous in the end. If we didn't pick up a couple first downs on that drive, Mike, it would have been. That's right. It it would have been awfully hairy at the end. I mean, you know, we and and we, we talk about, you know, we criticize our offensive coordinators quite a bit, but. I will say this, the, the, on that last drive when we got the ball back, when New England came within three, three points of us, uh, the first down call to the tight end Smythe in the flat was, was so important for two reasons. Number one, it got you a first down and another set, you know, another set of downs. And number two, field position. It was absolutely key. It was like a 15 or 17-yard completion. And it put us up around the, you know, beyond the 40-yard line. So even if we went three and out from there, you know, New England was going to have to start somewhat deep in their own territory. So it was a great play call. And And it was was a nice pass by Tua. It was a nice pass. And, you know, it's those type of plays. It was two yards off the line of scrimmage, Mike. He was wide open. And, you know, Smythe has had this type of year. Um, you know, how, I love how they utilize them. I mean, me and you talk about it all the time. I love the double tight end sets uh, because this guy's capable of catching balls. I mean, I can't think of a pass that he dropped this season. I really mm-hmm. can't. Yeah. Um, you know, so he did a great job on that. And then, of course, you know, when Tua scrambled and pick up, picked up that second first down on that drive, that basically sealed the fate, you know, sealed New England's fate. You know, just just very, very important plays on that on that fourth quarter drive the very last drive for us and um it basically saved the game for us in the end because um new england was coming at us and they were moving the football i you know i had all i i I was doubting the fact that we would stop them in that situation if they got the ball back with good field position and time on the clock because we were we were struggling a little bit in the fourth quarter defensively i think we were a little bit tired in the fourth quarter yeah well we looked it yeah new england should have been too mike because um they didn't look it though we looked it they didn't look it no they didn't they came we looked like the tired batch i don't know if it was us being tired mike or if it was just the fact or winded or or whatever you want to say you know it's just they they looked sometimes slow to react yeah, the, the touchdown pass to Bolden, Mike, was just a breakdown. I mean, yeah. you can't, yeah, you can't no, allow that. Yep. You know, from 25 yards, 30 yards out, whatever it was, I mean, it, they, nobody even touched him until he was close to the goal line. I mean, you know, it, that's not good defense. Um, you know, they did play good defense up until the fourth quarter. So, they did. They you know, did. it is what it is. And, um, you know, they gave us two scores in the game. You you can't <laughs> you can't say it was a bad defensive performance when they had two scores on the scoreboard. You just by can't. no means, by no means. So, they just had some breakdowns. You know, at, we're at, nitpicking a little bit, but you don't. Want, that's a habit you don't want them to get into. And right. since the season's over, we don't have to worry about that. The NFL playoffs are here in DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner in the NFL, is kicking things off with a huge offer. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any wildcard team to win their game. 
Bet just $5 and win $280 in free bets if your team is victorious. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you still have something to play for this wildcard weekend. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code TPPN, and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Just bet $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code TPPN this wildcard weekend at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner in the NFL. You must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required, one per customer, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problems? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. I mean, when you're in that position, when you're ahead, you just have to be smart. You have to play smart defense. And I know that they changed their philosophy because we, 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 we did, discussed yes. it. You know, they, they were supposedly trying to play everything in front of them. Yeah, we were kind of going back and forth on that. I, you know, my, my theory is, you know, you played a successful defense all game. Why change now? Right. And, you know, you're saying, well, you want to. You want to back up and not lay anything over your head. Well, look what happened. You know, it's just the way it goes. Uh, right. If, if you're going to play that, you've got to play it right. Right, exactly. And they didn't. They didn't right. execute it well at all in the fourth quarter. And they, you know, again, they allowed New England to get back in the game. But again, in the end, you know, it's a victory. Um, you know, Sanders had some big kicks today. It was nice to see, he you did. know, because you always get nervous about you, him. You do. And, um, you know, overall, you know, there was just some really, really good performances out there. You know, the X-Man interception was key. Wilkins just had an outstanding game. What about you Duke know, Johnson? Duke Johnson. You can't, I mean, you can't, you can He runs with attitude, Lewis. He sure in the hell does. You can't, I, I can't say enough about this guy. I mean, listen, we, we've had 200 yard days out of him over the last couple of weeks. I mean, you know, that, that's something that was not there. And I'll tell you something else. The offensive line today, uh, they had Jones on the outside playing right tackle. And I know when you, you know, I guess when we come back or when you guys come back on Wednesday, you'll look at how many plays he was on the field. I don't know if he played the whole game or not, but it kind of went under the radar. They, um, it didn't look like, um, what's his name? Jesse Davis was out there at all. The whole second half. Now, I don't know if he started the game and he got hurt or they just benched him, whatever the case yeah, may be. Yeah, I don't be. know. But Jones was out there playing right tackle. And I'll tell you, they ran the ball extremely well. So maybe they're on to something there. Um, I felt the offensive line against a really good defense did a well, pretty good job. He is exactly today. that, by the way. He's a much better run blocker than he is a uh, pass blocker. Well, I mean, if today is any indication of how good a run blocker he is, um, then. All the power to him. Hey, you know, next man up. One guy can't do the job. Then, you know, it, it's it's kind of interesting, though, that in, in the final week of the season that he was getting playing time. Now, we don't know the situation. Right. Or the we'll figure it out as we go along. Yeah, I'm sure we'll find out. But regardless of the fact, you know, they did a really, really good job again today, the offensive line, against a really solid defense. Um, you know, they ran the ball extremely well. You know, the passing game. You know, it's a lot of the same. You know, Tua uh, threw some good passes, did some good things, but threw a lot of bad passes as well. You know, he I, it, at times, you know, he tends to quit on plays too early. You know, you, you got to fight until the end. I mean, you know, that's what you want to see. You want to see him waiting till the very last second before you throw a ball into the ground or you throw a ball out of bounds or, you know, you take a sack. Um, and just, you know, concede that, you know, we're, we're not going to get any points before the half. I, you know, you want to see more fire in him. You want to see what the guy on the opposite side of the field was doing today in Mac Jones. And he didn't have a great game today, but he's a fiery guy. And, you know, he looks like, um, he doesn't look like a rookie, does he? Looks like he's well, very he was, much he was in control. of 30 for 261 with a touchdown and an interception. And right. He was shaky at times, but yep. you know you'll 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 take those stats if you're in New England. You know, 
their defense had to stand up and they didn't. Right. You know, I wouldn't necessarily put the loss on Mac Jones. No, not he did contribute with the interception, but he did. He made he up did. for it, you know. It was early enough in the game that they could have overcome that. Absolutely. Listen, he battled back, he got his team back into the game, and that's what you want to see. You know, he he did a great job. I mean, I you know, as I'm watching the game and you know, I I see him you know, as a rookie, he's in total control back there. The guy does not, you made a comment during, you know, during our conversations as we're watching the game that he doesn't panic in the least. I mean, he's not phased by anything. You know, he's very smooth. He's poised. He's poised in the pocket. You know, he gets, he moves around the pocket pretty well. He threw some really nice deep balls today, a couple different times. And, um, you know, he seems like he's going to be a pretty good quarterback. Um, he's not the, the most athletic guy. You know, running the football doesn't seem like he has the strongest arm, but he does have a real good idea of what the hell's going on in he, front of him. He has good feel for the position. Yes, he, he uh, truly you can, does. You can see his touch on the passes when he needs it. You you can see him, you know, dropping the ball in the bucket, as I like to say. Yep. Uh, you know, you can see him throwing with, with uh, velocity when he needs to. So. Mm-hmm. You know, to me, he looks like he's got some potential to be a good quarterback. And I'm sure the Patriots would agree with that. Agreed. I agree. I mean, they, they're, they're very, very happy with him, and rightfully so. They've got some good young players um, on the offensive side. You know, their defense, Mike, you know, they've, they've got some guys that have been around a bit. You know, they, yeah. they're, they're, listen, they're a good team, but – you know, they, they finished one game better than we did. And, um, you know, we lost three games by a field goal this year, three games that we really could have won. We blew some games that, that, that we had leads in that we blew in the fourth quarter. And, um, you know, that was the difference, you know, they, the new England won those games and we didn't. And it, had we won even one of those games, We'd be in the playoffs, and New England would be sitting outside of the playoffs right now. You know, with the sweep of them, they would not have gotten in over us. So, it is what it is. You know, you got to be happy. Anytime we sweep the Patsies, you got to be thrilled about it. Can't yeah, we, we gave the Eagles, on another subject, the 15th pick. Right. So, the Eagles are getting... Our pick? The 15th pick in the draft, which would have been our pick based which, on our record. Based on our record, right. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they're they're getting the 15th pick. Yep. Ours is to be determined um, because San Francisco's has yet to be eliminated, right? Unfortunately, is still in the mix. The Rams did not do us any favors today. and They tried. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they tried in the first half, and then they took a dump in the second. They they just crapped it out in the second half. They they had a seventeen nothing lead that they blew. And and Mike, what's so funny is under their head coach, they were forty five and zero when leading at the half. Oh, can you believe that? That's crazy. I'm pretty sure it was forty five and zero the number. So, um, yeah, I mean that was you know that 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 was depressing to see because. The 49ers play the Cowboys next week in Dallas, and Dallas is very inconsistent. The 49ers can actually win that football game. So not thrilled about that. Um, we we got to root for Dallas next week. We got to hope that the 49ers get eliminated quickly and that there's not all that much separation between where we would have picked and where they're going to pick. I mean, obviously now with them making the playoffs, there is definitely going to be some um, separation. And God, with the weight, so many teams are bunched up at nine and eight and eight and nine yep. and so on and so yep. forth. I mean, right now, you know, best case scenario, how many teams are in the playoffs, Mike? 12? No, 14. 14. I mean, best case scenario is is we're picking – maybe 18th, 19th, 20th, if they get eliminated, something like that. So there'll be a minimum of, you know, somewhere between three to five draft picks as to where we would have drafted and where we will be drafting. And that's if San Francisco loses in the first round. If they win in the first round, it could be as many as 10, 
or more. Yeah. And, and let's that's, not think that way. That's brutal. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's brutal. But, um, it is what it is. I mean, right now, uh, you know, you look at the playoff picture in the AFC and you're, and you're thinking to yourself, wow, could have, could have, could have the Patriot. I mean, the, um, Steelers are in what happened to the Colts today. Don't know. I mean, Jacksonville just stuck it to him. I mean, Carson Wentz was, I mean, he was horrible. I mean, I watched a good amount of that game. Because How'd you like to be a Colts better. fan tonight? Uh, they needed one win <laughs> over these last two weeks. They yeah. lost to the Raiders, and they lost to Jacksonville today, and they are done. Um, it looks like right now, for whatever reason, the Patriots are winning right, right now. Now, according to what I'm looking at, and I don't think this is accurate, if the Raiders win, they're definitely in. And if the Chargers lose, I think they're out. Whoever loses this game is out, and the Steelers sneak in, which to me is absolutely crazy. But that is, in fact, the case. Um, you know, the, the Steelers are going to actually creep into this uh, into the playoffs. And, Stranger things have happened. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to me, it's a frustration because you look. I look at the Steelers. I look at um, the Raiders, Chargers, whoever it is. And I think the Raiders are up 10 nothing already in that game. Um, you know, so right now it, you'd have to say the Raiders are in a uh, team that we were up on. In in Vegas, we had a chance to win. Should have beaten them, right. And the Steelers and New England, who we beat twice, are all in the playoffs and we're on the outside looking in. So it's, you know, it's frustrating, you know, to, to watch it and see because, you know, you got teams and you can say, you know, I know there's a lot of people that say, ah, well, we're, we're just not that good enough. Well, I don't know if these other teams are either, but it'd be nice to at least get a taste of that. You know what I'm well, saying? Look, you know, you make a couple of field goals or don't have a couple of field goals made, and you're right there. I mean, that's how close it is, you know? Yep. Uh, you, you know, you miss it by an eyelash. They say it's a game of inches, and, and that just confirms it. It is a game of inches, and they have to go your way. You have to make them go your way. You have to. I mean, you know, you look back on this season, Mike, as a whole, and, mm -hmm. um, you know, the could have, should have, would have type of things pop up on you, right? Because there, there, was, there was just so many opportunities, you know, where you just didn't play well. You didn't execute. You didn't kick field goals, as you just mentioned, and you missed them. But, you know, as far as I'm concerned, there's always going to be situations where games come down to field goals. but if you if you do things over the course of of a game and don't put yourself in those positions um when, when it's all said and done you don't have to worry about it so you know again we we had opportunities this season and you know we just dropped the ball at, at times and um you know in the end you know that's the difference between making the playoffs and not making the playoffs um yeah, I know Tennessee whipped our butts pretty good last week, and um, you know we had an opportunity that we left on the table there. But if you go back and you look at some of the games that we really, really should have won, could have won, and didn't, you know that that's the difference in making the playoffs and not making the playoffs. Um, you know, you put yourself in a position, Mike, right. when you lose those games at home like the games to Indy and then the game to Jacksonville and London and the game at home to Atlanta, uh, you put yourself in a position where you have to go into Tennessee under horrible field conditions. Um, right. You know, with an offense that, you know, really is, you know, is challenged a little bit. And yet, yet it becomes an absolute necessity to win that game. Whereas, you know, had you won one or two of the games early in the year. It gives you a cushion. It gives you a cushion. It gives you an opportunity to play on, an, you know, on a, on a, you know, a nice clean field in a playoff game, possibly, and maybe knocking somebody off because, you know, the first round of the playoffs, none of these teams are really world beaters. Um, you know, they're all beatable. You know, the teams that are at the top of the AFC are are pretty strong, but you know, past those couple, it's you know, it's crapshoot. 
I mean, I'd love the. There's not a team out there that can't be beat. It's it's a weak playoff field, I think. Yeah. Well, Tennessee's the top seed, yep. and um, if they get Derrick Henry back, uh, they're going to be tough, you know. But again, they're not. But not unbeatable. But not unbeatable. They're not world beaters. If you can exactly. shut down the running game, you've got a chance of beating them. You got a, sh- a chance of beating them, and if you put some points up on their defense, you got a shot yep. of beating them. They're a very well coached football team. They are. But the differential between a lot of these teams that are in the playoffs that are going to be in the playoffs. It's not that significant. Like, I don't see Kansas City being the team they were a couple of years ago, especially on the defensive side. They've they've slipped a bit. So, um, you know, it's it's going to be an interesting, interesting um, playoffs. And um, hopefully one of these years we're there. The we're other thing the that's happening with that Kansas City team is they're not seeing as much man defense as they had in the past. They're seeing a lot more zone. Right. And uh, it's forcing them to check down a lot more often. They're not scoring as many points. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. I mean, they're having to, you know, go down the field at a slower pace. They're right. not allowing the big plays from Mahomes. But, um, you know, they've still got so many capable parts. Yeah, to they've that, got a lot of athletes on that, that offense. That machine. I mean, they're a machine. They, they're they're capable of doing anything. And anytime Mahomes is quarterbacking, you know, he's going to, you know, he, he's going to hurt you one way or another. It, you know, it's just a matter of time. So, um, you know. All right. I got a question for you. Sure. Who is the team MVP in your opinion? The team MVP. Wow. Oof. Man, oh, man, that's a tough one. Um, wow, wow, wow. Oh, I mean, the guy that was the most consistent over the course of the year, I would say, was Waddle. Um, you know, as a rookie, he broke well, the record. Well, that's who they picked, and that's who I picked. So Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So um, I tend to agree with that because of the consistency involved. Yep. Uh, you know, he was a presence pretty Can much. Can you imagine in- how bad the offense would have been if he wasn't on it? Um. Probably pretty bad, Mike. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, that was my thinking for selecting him. Yeah. Um, there, there's guys going forward, Mike, that, that are, that are going to be extremely important to this football team. And, and, you know, we, we talk about Waddle, you know, we, we love him as a football player. Sure. We, we really do. And, you know, he brings a lot to the table and, He's a guy, and this is what we talk about all the time, that right out of the gate, you knew you had a football player, okay? And this is what we need to have on this football team. We, we, you know, sometimes it takes guys a little bit of time to get to that star level, to that Pro Bowl level, but you still see something in them initially that leads you to believe that these guys are going to be special. Yeah, you see flashes. You see potential. You see the potential. And in Waddle, you see all the potential in the world. He's going to be – he's going to probably be the best slot slash, you know, whatever in the league at some point um, because he's almost there already. For a rookie, he's a really good route runner. He's And he's got great hands. Yep. He truly does. He doesn't drop one. No, he dropped one today that I was mad on him about. He did. He's dropped a couple over the last <laughs> few weeks. But, you know, in the end, you know, when you're getting, when you're getting targeted 180 sure. times and you drop sure. you're gonna have a five, few five or six balls, right? I mean, it's, it's not that bad a situation. You know, the, the problem going forward, Mike, is that no matter what we do, we have to get more players like him. Um, there, there's been a for for his, for the Waddles on the team. There there was five disappointing players on the team, and um, you know you can go to Albert Wilson and, and the rest of the the receiving core. I mean, it, Preston Williams was non-existent this year. Yeah, I think um, he's done. I think he's done. Albert Wilson was pretty much, other than a, you know a few flashes over the course of the whole season. Uh, didn't bring much to the table. Um, you know, Isaiah Ford is Isaiah Ford. You know, he's exactly. he's your sixth, seventh receiver on the squad. Gusecki, I think, you know, when it was all said and done, had a solid year, but I expected a lot more out of him um, going into the season. Tua, 
you know, we expected a lot more out of. I mean, you can start with, you know, we really should have started with him because, um, you know, he's the, the quarterback, such an important position. Um, I don't think he did enough this year to really, you know, solidify us and, you know, going forward at that position. So, you know, as you look around, you know, Gaskin, I don't think had nearly as good a season this year as he did last year. I think that he took a step backwards. I mean, he was okay, but, you know, when it was all said and done, he, he seemed a lot more productive last season than he was this year. I agree with that. Um, I mean, you compare him to Johnson, then there's not a comparison. Right. Well, Johnson, you, you got to know. I mean, it, just the fact that he's now our third running back behind Lindsay and um, Duke Johnson, as you mm-hmm. just mentioned, says enough about, you know, his performance this season. Um, you know, Austin Jackson getting demoted or moved to guard, you know, was was a disappointment, you know, for a first round pick. Um you know, Igbenogany's another one just didn't see the field at all this year, even when we were depleted in the secondary at times. So, you know, we need more of that going into the offseason. And, you know, now is the time to talk about it. And I know over the next, you know, couple months, there's going to be a lot of discussions in regard to um, who should be here and who we should draft, who we should sign in free agency, who we should let go, who we should keep. And, you know. Yes, exactly. Same old, and- same old. <laughs> but, it, you know, what I'm getting at, Mike, is it can't be the same old, same old. They have to make smart decisions. Um, you know, the guy Bolden that played against us today was, was in our camp, and we basically just let him go. He's a very solid football player, um, and, and he was with us, too. He just didn't get an awful lot of opportunities. I mean, at some point, you know, they have to make decisions, you know, for the, you know, 53 guys that are on this football team that are productive from day one, you know, to the final game of the season. And in the end, you'll see a couple more wins come out of it and possibly a playoff berth. Um, to me, the personnel decisions have, have hurt us over and over again over the years. And I think that, um, you know, somebody's got to be accountable for that. You know, whether, you know, Flores gets the blame for letting guys come and go, whatever the case may be, or or the front office, whoever you want to put the blame on, you know, you're going to get a million different opinions as to who's at fault here. But the bottom line is, is that, you know, we have to make changes because the mediocrity to me is just, you know, it's just an absolute frustration at this point. And it's got to change. It has to. Well, it's certainly something we'll have plenty of time to talk about, Lewis. Oh, you bet your ass we will. We will have plenty of time. <laughs> we sure so, will. We've got a couple months before the yeah. draft, right? And, well, uh, free agency is first. Yeah, there, there's already been some firings, Mike, in regard to head coaches. So, yeah. you know, that, that's a whole other situation. There was a report well. today that if Flores didn't win, he could be out the door. But who knows? You know, who yeah. knows if there's any substance to these things? I, I tend not to believe anything until it happens. I, I think personally, Mike, it'd be a major mistake starting back over again. I, I really, I really do feel that way. I think that some things have to be tweaked in our. Well, we were one in seven. I wasn't thinking that way, but if you if you take the season in its totality, I would agree with you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but we were close. We were close, and and uh, you don't get any points for being close, but. Uh, I think that if they're smart and if they're disciplined and if they make the right decisions, they can get this team into the playoffs. I mean, we were not that far off. We need we need to solidify the offensive line. We need to figure out what we're doing at quarterback and make sure that whoever it is has what they need around them. And uh, that'll put us in a good position. Absolutely. I mean, I you know, Flores deserves some heat. There's no question about it. Sure. But just the fact that they do what they do over the course of the season, Mike, tells you a lot about their decision making. You know, the fact that they had to bring in two running backs late in the season to, right. to make them productive and they had to move the offensive line around. And Flores has a little bit to work with, and it's a big task. If you have players like X Man, those type of guys on your football team 
football players, guys that just have all the heart in the world. Look at Duke Johnson and, and the effort that he puts forward when he's running the football. You just see the difference. You know, he's getting two, three extra yards on plays, you know, and it's just simply on him, period. Yep. You know, it's not because, you know, the guys are blocking, they are blocking better, but on just about every one of his runs, he's getting an extra couple of yards. He's a tougher strictly, runner. Strictly on effort. Yeah. So, you know, when, when you look at all that and you look at the fact that we go into the season doing these type of things, to me, it says something about your preparation leading up. You have the whole off season to do that, and you always want to upgrade your team. But you know, in week ten or week eleven of the football season, you know where you've now got an opportunity at guys that you had an opportunity at in the off season. You know, it, it, it's kind of like it, it's too late. You know, if yep. we had these guys earlier in the year and we were running the football a little bit better, maybe you win a couple games and you're in the playoffs. You know, somebody has to be accountable for that. And, um, you know, hopefully they make the right decisions going, you know, now that it's the off season, and, you know, it, it sends us, it puts us in a little bit better position leading up to next year. All right, sir. Yes, sir. I think we are going to wrap up the show. You got it. Dolphin win. Yep. We finished the season nine and eight. Second year in a row with a winning record. Second year in a row with a winning record, but it is bittersweet, isn't it? Is it is bittersweet, but maybe <laughs> it tells us where you are headed in the right direction. Yeah. I mean, we've been down this road before, Mike. You know, I get tired of hearing that. And, I, and, I, and I'm not yeah, – you're right in a sense, Mike, but, you know, I, I, we've been here before. And oh, I'm not saying we're one player away now. Don't take me wrong. You know, maybe we're a little bit closer. You know, I like some of our young guys. We've got some really good pl football players here. And, um, you know, hopefully, you know, we add the right pieces and we keep the right pieces. That's that's the name of the game, right? That's what the offseason is for. Yep. All right. It starts now. It Let's starts do it. now. Uh, All right. Looks like the Chargers just scored. It's 10-7. Uh, it's 10-7. This is yep. going to come right down to the wire. Another yep. the playoff game right here. It's significance. Yep. Beautiful. You love it. All right. So let's Lewis, go watch th it. Thanks for joining me this evening. We'll you get got this it. posted on Monday. And, uh, Very good. Fins up, everybody. Fins up, doll fans. All right, that's today's show. I just want to remind everyone that the Fin Fans podcast is proud to be part of DolphinsTalk.com podcast network and the Pigskin Podcast Network. Check out these sites, guys. There's lots of podcasts and information there that you'll enjoy. All right, until next time, be well and take care. Sports Social Podcast Network.